Hey guys, it's Brian with The Business Machine. Before we get started, super excited about this podcast. We have Kevin Lee, and he's a content crafter at Buffer. So he's not our typical guest. We usually talk to business owners and talk about mistakes they made and how they're operating their business. But when we had the opportunity to interview somebody who works at Buffer, we could not pass it up. I think you're going to like this one. I know you're going to like this one. We love Buffer and use it here at Michigan Creative. And Kevin's a great guy and has some great tips on social media and how to use Buffer and content and all this good stuff. So enjoy this one. Here's Kevin Lee, who is a content crafter at Buffer. All right, Kevin, thanks for being us with us here today on The Business Machine. And tell us what you do in one sentence. Oh, um, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> that was my <laughs> sentence. Um, I do content and marketing at Buffer, and Buffer is a, a great social media management tool. Let's talk about Buffer because you and I are in this nest, like I like to call it, is, is, is yeah. we're in the, the cool, let's call it the cool nest. How about that? I like that. I like it too. <laughs> but we know what Buffer is here at Michigan Creative because we use it and we use it a lot and we love it. But what is Buffer and what does it do? And we don't have to get in the nitty gritty yet because we will. But overall, if somebody had to say, well, what exactly does Buffer do for me? What do you tell them? Yeah, I would tell you it saves, saves you time with your social media. You can schedule to multiple places from one dashboard. So talk about social media a little bit too, you know, cause it's a buzzword and it has been a buzzword and it changes all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And so I imagine at Buffer, you guys are always just like us here, but probably even more so you guys really got to keep up with gosh, everything that all the social medias that you guys connect with uh, uh, already, but then also new ones that are coming out. Is that always something that's top of mind? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's constantly changing. I remember a few months back, or maybe it's even been a year now, um, there was this, some change with Facebook where we could no longer let people post the same message to every network. It had to be a custom message for Facebook, a custom message for Twitter. Right. And that was just kind of the way social media was moving. Like it used to be you kind of share the same thing everywhere. Um, and now those networks are a lot more nuanced, and a lot more individual, and the best results come from unique messages in each spot. So we had a chance to, to kind of iterate and change on that. Um, my hunch is like maybe paid will become a big part of buffer down the line too, just as more paid advertising comes into social. So yeah, it's really fun to be able to, to notice these changes on social and then to implement them into the product also. That would be great if, uh, I was just going to say, if that paid <laughs> comes out like that, cause that's one of the things it's great that we can schedule all our things right now, um, on buffer video photos, whatever we want, but you still have to go to each individual network to do the advertising. Exactly. Yeah. We were, I mean, how sweet would it be if you could click a button within buffer and it yeah. automatically boosts a post or something like that? Yeah. I Cause you almost need to. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as we'd like to say that we're all really good at creating awesome content and everybody in the world wants to read it, you know, mm-hmm. of course, but you know, with Facebook, especially that's not the case much anymore that even if it is really good content, you know, not everybody who likes your page is going to see it. Yeah. It's really interesting. We found even like we, probably selfishly on my part, I was trying not to do paid for a long time just because yeah. I wanted to be able to say, Oh, organic can work and you can do this. Well, I didn't do it cause I was just mad at Facebook. <laughs> and that's a reason too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now that we started getting into paid, we've noticed that our, our organic has increased also on Facebook, which yeah, is interesting. That so is interesting like to a, me. Yeah. It's a building effect, which is cool. Yeah. And that's what Melissa here does. She uh, is our CEO and she kind of runs the company and does some of our social media. And she said the same thing that if you do some paid, um, and you don't have to spend a whole lot, you know, it depends on your size that it does give you better organic reach as well. Exactly. Yep, yeah, we've noticed the same. Mm-hmm. So why use Buffer and why not, you know, because I guess there's this whole, I don't know, there's this side of the business too where it's like you need to spend time individually with each network and do that and and do that, you know, log into Twitter and, and create your master tweets and you can schedule on Twitter a little bit. You can schedule on Facebook too. But what do you think Buffer allows you to do even if, I guess, no matter what size of company you are and how many social networks you have? Yeah, I, I think the key thing for me is that it, it helps with consistency. So when it comes to you know needing to, to publish something to Twitter or Facebook, I might be great at remembering it for a week, and then I might forget for a week. And yeah, it's, right. it's just kind of this odd experience as, as kind of the audience kind of gets this interesting um, interaction with you too. So Buffer's been super useful for me to st- stay consistent with that voice. Um, it's been useful for a lot of our brands and businesses who use this too to just stay consistent. You can batch those updates and do them all at once. And then they spread out over a week or over a month where you know, you're going to have content no matter what. And you can always hop in and change it and kind of interact in real time. 
we're really big on engaging too. We have a new product that came out called Respond, which is mm. like a customer service tool for Twitter. Cool. And I tend to use it for monitoring and listening on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's definitely a side of that 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 strategy too that we want to make sure we we provide for. So yeah, like for me, it's just a really really useful tool for getting all that content scheduling and creation done all at once, and then making sure I'm set to go for the next little bit. Yeah. So, so let's back up a little bit and let's talk about Buffer and the culture there. I remember looking at Buffer's culture way before you and I started talking, and this is probably two, three years ago. And, you know, the culture, it's a big word right now, but it seems like to me that Buffer, Buffer's culture is pretty unique um, and, and, and good and fun. I don't even know what to call it. But <laughs> I thought what was interesting is that you're not at Buffer headquarters right now. I'm not. Nor, nor is there a buffer headquarters. Yeah, see, and that's what I find most fa- fascinating is there is not there, there's not a headquarters for buffer, which is very cool, but you know, not your traditional way of thinking about business. I mean, it's more common now, but it's not everywhere either. Right, exactly. Yeah, when I joined, we did have an office, and then a few months ago, we don't even have an office anymore. Wow, so it's that's cool. It's just everyone works at the place where they're happiest and most productive, which is awesome. How's that work for you? Because I know when we got on here before, there were couches coming in your house, and I heard a little uh, little boy who was supposed to go down for a nap. Yeah. So how's that work? I mean, you're able to 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 manage your time pretty well. Yeah, it's good. He's he's holding my hand right now. <laughs> Wanted to tell me something. So. And that's your work day. I mean, people would would die for something like that. I think. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. It's it's a really great you know privilege to be able to do this, and it took me a while to get that into that productivity mindset. I, yeah, I bet. Like, how does this work? I kind of pictured like we just both do our thing for all day long, um, having, having a set at home and stuff. And I think I found I was happiest and we were happiest as a family when I was able to devote full attention to whatever I was doing. So to be fully present in my work at buffer and then to be fully present, um, when I'm playing with my son or hanging out with my wife or doing family time and, uh, just, you know, a wonderful privilege to have the chance to learn those lessons and to practice that. Um, and yeah, I, I, there's no going back <laughs> for me now, now I, that I've tasted remote work. Oh my gosh, that would be impossible for you. Wouldn't it? It'd be really hard. So how do you, and this is what I want to really find out. Cause I like what you said about being present. And I think being present both at your work, even though it's in your house is, is important because then you get more, more done, I think, and you're more focused, but also talk about what you mean when you say being present with your wife and your family, because I think that's what a lot of us entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with. Yeah, that was, and that's that's a really great question. Um, what that felt like for me was, I would be, you know, playing Legos, and my mind would drift to, oh, I should, I, yeah. I can do this cool social media strategy next time I'm on the computer, sure. or I wonder, or just thoughts would come up on on work projects that I had going on. Um, you know, talking with my wife, and I noticed my attention drifting back to buffer stuff. And uh, you <laughs> that know, probably that probably went pretty well. Yeah, and, and it's probably inevitable for you know, I I think it's a really good sign of a job that you love when you're thinking about it when you're not there. Sure. Um, and at the same time, like I I didn't I wanted to to give my family and my loved ones the attention they deserve. So kind of like a very silly hack. Um, I carried around a notebook with me for a little while and. Whenever I was with my son or with my wife and something popped into my head, I would write it down and then I would feel okay knowing it was out of my head and on paper somewhere that I wouldn't forget. Right. And uh, that was just a huge, a, a great practice to know, like, I don't need to get to this stuff right away. I can get to it back, you know, when I'm on the computer game, which is never, you know, it's my office is in my home. So it's never too far away from me. Um, but kind of setting up those boundaries was probably the best thing I did early on with the remote lifestyle. Yeah. And I think we all have to do that anyway, because in a sense, you know, and I run my own small business and I have employees, but, and we have an office. Um, but I mean, we, we really have a mobile office anytime we want. I mean, my, Mm -hmm. my, my clients, my employees, obviously I all have my cell phone, email computer, but you know, we really have to be careful as small business owners, I think. And, and and even you is, is maybe not taking the phone with us or not, not being on it. Cause uh, I think a lot of us feel like if we're not working, then we're losing money. Mm. And I think that's where you really have to do things as cheesy as it may sound. I mean, you really have to do things like leave your phone on the counter when you're sitting on the couch with your family or don't take it into the basketball game. Cause you know, inevitably you're going to look at it and see, well, I should probably, and I do this with buffer at my son's basketball game. So it's your fault. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> what have what have we done? Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! No. Yeah, and I have a really you know silly way of combating that. I don't have a smartphone, which what I feel quite ancient. No, I have an old one of those that has the keyboard that slides out and. Oh my goodness! No I, internet. I did like that slide out keyboard. That was pretty cool when it came out. I like I'm twenty years ago. Like, I'm pretty fast now, <laughs> but uh, but give me an iPhone, and I would not be fast. So. You don't have a smartphone. I don't know, and it's 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 great. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, like I'm always really close to the computer, so I don't really find that I need it. Sure, it helps me focus um, on other stuff when I'm when I'm away. So, not that I'm recommending that for everyone. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. It'd be interesting. I don't know if I could do it. I do though. I mean, I do envy that. I I really do because that. I mean, that just frees you up to do so much more, and you can only work when you're sitting down at your computer. Yeah, it really does. And and I've, I'm probably the opposite. I'm thinking, oh, imagine how productive I could be if I had one, and yeah. I could I could download these apps and play these sure. games. Sure, that's exactly Snapchat, what I do. Instagram and it's like all this stuff. And um, at the same time, yeah, like taking that dive. I know, I know that might change things somewhat drastically, or or if I let it, or if it becomes that way. Yeah, you should write about that. I think that's interesting because I think that's a good study to see what you do. Because I mean. Typically, if you walk, you know, we, we have Michigan State University. It was um, go green because we're in the in the in the uh, yes. NCAA tournament tomorrow. But anyway, um, when you walk on campus here, and there's you know forty thousand students, and uh, almost every one of them are looking at their phone when they're walking around. So I mean, it's really attached. Yeah, it's interesting. I was out with my wife last weekend and just observing the other couples around us, and a lot of that interaction was you know, them sitting together on their phones. And, yeah. Right. Um, just kind of thinking like what that's going to be like for my son and, and maybe for your kids too. Like oh, yeah. already being at that stage. Yeah, they are for um, sure. They're attached. Some of them, one of them. And it's so interesting. Like that's how they communicate and that's normal. And that's, mm-hmm. that is being attentive is being attentive to the phone. And that's just a, a shift that, um, I must've just missed that wave or, or didn't, <laughs> didn't know there was a wave that I needed to catch, but, um, hasn't quite been the case for me yet. Yeah. That would make a, make, make for a pretty cool article. Huh? Yeah, that would be. I, I would like to see because I had that phone and I miss it. Um, so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do it. But if I do, you'll be the first to know. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Why is um, Buffer good for, you know, we talked about a little bit uh, earlier is we really talked about startup marketing and that startup culture. And that's big. I mean, that's big now. And this in anyway, in our area here in Michigan, Lansing and, and entrepreneurism and is a big thing right now. And it's really going pretty well. And it's been very, uh, a very good time to have a small business uh, in Michigan because it's been fun to see all these young entrepreneurs doing things that they wouldn't typically do. You know, usually it's like you go to college and you get a job and that's changing some. Um, so how do you see and, and why would content play a role in startup marketing and how can Buffer help in that? Yeah, I, I, I've had a really unique opportunity to be part of Buffer um, as a company that is really focused on content. Um, just thinking back to the opportunity I had to join Buffer and to have content creation be my full-time job and I just wrote every day. I, I know um, I never really expected that, <laughs> that to be a possibility. So I've seen like the wonderful effects of content. And for Buffer itself, I think we gained, oh, like 90, 95% of our first customers through content. Yeah. And that was huge for us. And it was a channel that, that really worked. And I doing think, content in a unique way was, was really powerful. And I think that's how you got us. I'm sure. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about content for a minute because there's two sides of this and I'm, I'm pretty much on your side, but I, I think there's a couple of things I want to talk about is, you know, this content marketing has been a buzzword now for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard both sides of it. I agree with it. I think you need great content on your site, but if you don't have a product to sell that's worth anything or your, your idea is shit, I mean, there's really no reason to have content. You should probably be working on your business and to really flesh that out. So it's not the end all to end all. And is there such thing as bad content? Oh, um, I believe there is. Okay. <laughs> yes, I've, probably, I've probably written some of them. Okay, good, yeah. Um, I but, write, that's all I write. <laughs> but at the same time, like, well, I might, I might be backtracking a bit. Um, there, there, is, there can be bad content. At the same time, in most cases, some content is better than no content. True. Uh, at least you're getting out there and, like, if you're writing bad content every day forever like that's (laughs) that's something like people will know you or find you or see that commitment or there's there may be something there um but yeah i think i think i found that content is not as easy as just like oh this person blogs once a week on this topic i'll blog once a week and get the same results like i think content is very 
unique for every business. Um, and like you mentioned, if the product or the business doesn't have product market fit or isn't you know as as useful as it can be, then that does add another layer of challenge to that content equation. We we were lucky that we had product market fit with with Buffer. Yeah, it was perfect. And then we added content on top of that. Was yeah, kind of the best route for us. And that's what I like. What Wistia? Are you guys familiar with Wistia? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, I love Wistia. It's like my ne- next to you guys. It's my favorite favorite <laughs> Me app. Me too. Yeah, but we do a lot of video here. But they have done it. You know exactly what you're doing is they they are a video hosting company. For those of you who don't know, video sharing and and you can host on there and embed on your website. But they also do a really good job with their own video content. Yes, um, they're great at it. And that's what I I, I want to get from you a little bit is that when people talk about content and content marketing, it doesn't have to always be paragraph form, does it? It doesn't have to be all the, it doesn't have to be a written word. It really doesn't. Um, I always, I often think of content as blogs, <laughs> which is sure. probably, probably just my background and the way I see the world is through blogs too. But I think content for us too can be like, for Buffer, it's how people view our, our tweets and our Facebook updates. And mm-hmm. that is the content that we put out. Um, this podcast is content. Sure, right? yeah. Some companies who, who their, you know, their pride and joy is podcasts, and they don't really do much other marketing, and that's that's it. Um, so yeah, it can take so many different forms, and I think Wistia is a really great example of a company that sells a service and then also does that service really well, and then teaches you how to do that service yeah. as well as they do. Yeah, they really um, do. Yeah, we had a similar kind of moment of, of clarity around our content at Buffer, where the blog itself was you know, had some wonderful posts on life hacking and productivity. And we kind of reached this watershed moment where we were like, this is great for, you know, spreading far and getting lots of likes and, and stuff. Um, but we want to be known for social media strategies and tips and to be this place that people go to when they think of social, they think of our blog. Yep. Um, so we kind of had to pivot and, and move in that direction. And I think that's been really useful for, for driving signups and more, um, for specific folks toward toward the app. Yeah, and I think you can explain it that, you know, with you in your case is I think why and what's attractive about you guys and kind of why we go with you, not only because the product is exceptional, but I think it's also that, you know, if we're going to use a product, we should probably use a product for people that are experts at content marketing. And, you know, it's kind of like the opposite thing, like, hey, we're this great content marketing, we can tell you how to do social media, and we can tell you what you should tweet and what you shouldn't tweet and these kind of things. Oh, and by the way, we have this product. Mm-hmm. Is that a way to, uh, uh, for people to think about it in, in a different way? Because usually it's like, we have this product, we have this product, we have this product, we have this product. Where on the other side of it, it's no, here, let's teach you how to do all these things. And then you want something to make your life a little bit easier. Here's Buffer. Yeah. I think that's been key. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's great. It's almost like like knowing that problem and, and maybe to go even to Wistia's example, like they create video content so they understand the questions that people who create video content need answering. Exactly. And then yeah. they answer those questions and they happen to use Wistia in the process of answering those questions. So like same with us, like we do social media, we understand the questions that we have about it and our assumption is a lot of those are the same and we listen to the audience and comments and, and customer support stuff. And then we try our best to solve those problems. And then we share, like we happen to solve this by using buffer and cool. that's, that's the power of it. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, we're working with a client right now and, and they, um, are doing instead of, you know, their call, they have a call center for help and help desk. And what they, what we're helping them do is create, um, FAQs, but they're all just FAQs a la Wistia style. Hi, everybody. I'm so-and-so. I'm one of the tech support team here. And we get a lot of calls for this, and this is how you do that. And it, it's cutting their call center time down in half. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and these guys that's, can that. That's content. There. Yeah, man, that's content. <laughs> and these guys are. For someone. Yeah, and it's also great. Multi, They can use then that same video on their FAQ. They can cut it up and use it on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and use it as a blog. And so there's so many different ways that you can spin content. And, and it just doesn't have to sit only on a blog. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think a blog, maybe the definition of a blog is the same, but the, the utility of it has right. changed completely like and maybe content too like in the past it was mostly words and now we can get that message across so many different ways um this probably does this probably shows how i don't have a smartphone but like snapchat and whatever you want to call what you do on snapchat is is maybe a next iteration of that too it's always always evolving in new new directions yeah every day so i'm gonna put you on the spot here in your opinion 
and not just because, you know, maybe the higher ups are listening, but why does buffer, buffer, why does buffer kick ass of all other platforms? Why do, why do you think it's the best? Cause there are others, mm-hmm. but why do you think it's the best? Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. Um, I know there's so many tools that do great stuff and have offer similar features kind of across the board. Um, a couple of things that drew me to buffer when I used it was the clean and simple interface. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get into a tool, I know there's often, often a chance that I might get a bit lost or not quite know where to turn. And I think my experience with buffer was really smooth and easy. Um, we found it's great for individuals and also great for big teams who might end up using it because they can onboard people a lot faster and get them up to speed faster. And it's just a lot, a lot of a smoother process. Um, the other thing is our customer support is something that we really pride ourselves on. And that's both like speedy replies that are helpful. And then also just being friendly and being personal and kind of making that human connection. Um, since we're a remote team, we are around the world. So, uh, response times can be pretty good too, but those are the couple of things that, that really have meant a lot to me, um, when I found buffer. And, and I like what you said about, um, customer service, because that's how you and I are talking right now. Mm-hmm. One of my interns, Silas, uh, has been talking to you and I didn't even know this cause she uses buffer for me to schedule uh, stuff for us and for our clients. And then I, you know, she's been talking to you about things that she wanted to do and, and she's the one that hooked us up. So, you know, obviously exactly. you got a little more personal and here we are doing a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And who knows where the podcast sure. will go from here. And like, it's, it's awesome. So we always try to leave ourselves open to those, those kind of opportunities for sure. What is your favorite feature? And there's one I want to talk about too, but what is your favorite feature of Buffer? Yeah, mine's kind of a, a funny one, and I'm not sure too many people know it or we advertise it too too widely. But um, if you go into your analytics, so Buffer tracks all the, all the performance of your tweets and updates and everything, clicks, um, likes, favorites, all that stuff. Um, if you go into your analytics and find one that has done really well, you can click it and drag it back into your queue so that it posts again and you know, tweak the text a little bit, change the image. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been like made a ton of, ton of difference for me. Like I can find out, Oh, this one did really well. Let's try it again. And, um, has made a big impact on my engagement. Yeah. I like that. And, and, uh, we're going to try, we're going to do that because one of the things that we do, especially with Twitter, as you know, you know, Twitter, you really have to post quite a bit because those go by pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we tweet out these podcasts, we'd like to have them go, you know, more than just once. We like to have them go so people can pick them up. So that'll be a really cool feature. And she probably already knows that. I just haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. We do have something like a content library where you can save your best tweets cool. or updates and then, you know, have them recur over a certain period of time. So we'll make it a bit more explicit <laughs> a bit later on. Hey, everybody. This week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwateropparel.com. That's fresh waterapparel.com and check out their spring collection of t-shirts and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan and the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love Freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. Talk about Pablo for a minute, because I I think that, um, you know, I I don't know if a lot of people have heard of that. I, I, I assume that if they are on Buffer, they have, but talk about Pablo and why that became part of Buffer. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of a fun story. Um, and this is totally told, told from my perspective. So it might, okay. I'm seeing it through rose colored glasses and, and take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, they'll listen and go, yeah, it wasn't that easy. <laughs> uh, so when I was blogging and, and doing content, um, my, my teammate Courtney and I, we did a lot of images in our posts and we found that those tended to, to get spread really far on Twitter and, and Facebook and all these different places. Um, images were huge for engagement for us. Um, and so I almost feel like Pablo was built for me just because this was a need that I felt and, <laughs> and the buffer team was so nice to, to help out with that. And they should have um, called it Kevin. Yeah, that yeah. would have been great. <laughs> um, so that, that was kind of, the impetus for it. And I think we, again, this kind of goes back to what we talked about before where we felt a need and we, you know, had these questions about how can we do this, create these images in a unique and and quick way. 
and uh, we just solved that <laughs> for ourselves in some ways. Um, so what Pablo is, is it's an, an image creation tool. The idea is you can make a beautiful image in 30 seconds or less. You can um, you know, add an image from Unsplash or upload your own, add some text over the top, choose the size, and you're good to go. So a lot of it is about that speed and, and quickness and getting stuff done. And also uh, looking pretty sharp at the same time. Yeah, and images, you know, a lot of people have struggled with that because if you don't know Photoshop or if you don't have a program or if you're not very artistic in that sense, and we all know that images are almost a necessity for a lot of our blog posts, images or video, they really get better reach. It's hard to, you know, then do you have your graphic designer, if you even have one, make a bunch of images for you? And that takes mm -hmm. time. So, yeah, the images are super important. And that's a really easy tool for you to get uh, an image out there. And can you resize those? Because I know all different social networks take a little bit of a different size sometimes. Yeah, that's a great question. We have three default sizes at the moment. Cool. It's um, horizontal, square, and tall. Got it. So what do you think about a workflow? Is there a way that you can give us little insider expert tips here about, you know, because one of the things we hear a lot from our clients and from a lot of people is there's so many social networks out there. Mm -hmm. And do I need, I, I feel like I need to do every one of them. And, you know, we say, no, let's do a couple and let's do them really well, or let's do one and do that really well. But they, you know, there's still so many different ones that you think you need to be posting on. But what is a schedule? Is there best times to post? Is there certain content and length? I know it depends on the network, but just give us some tips about things that we should be definitely doing or looking at changing in our strategies. Yeah, that's a great one. And, and I liked what your, your earlier point about how often you share the podcast tweets um, and just right. with how, how fast Twitter goes. So we found our, one of our best tips is to reshare posts on Twitter. And for the most part, it, it kind of works on, on any network, maybe with a, a bit less frequency. But the benefits that we found for that is that you're going to reach people who are on the opposite side of the world. So for instance, I'm, right. I'm in a mountain time zone and my morning is pretty late for Europe. Um, so if I'm posting even my afternoon, like everyone in Europe is asleep. So I'll repost that when they're awake, maybe at night. Um, you'll hit the people who didn't see it the first time. I think there's last time I checked our buffer stats, we maybe reached 5% of our Twitter followers with every tweet, oh, wow. which is super low. But I think, I also think it's maybe quite representative of how most people get with their reach and same, same for Facebook. Our Facebook reach is similar. So resharing it hits those folks again. Um, and then anyone who happened to follow you, um, before the last time you tweeted the same thing and kind of those new folks who came on. So lots of great benefit to, to resharing content there. Um, we have found, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this too, Brian, but like I, I tend to have this certain view of the, the best times to tweet or okay. the best times to post to Facebook. Um, the, the general curve is like, it's kind of like a bell curve where it's, it's highest during working hours. So like nine to five is when um, most people are tweeting and most people are, are posting. So my philosophy is to post on those non-peak times when there's less competition for eyeballs. Um, we've called it the infomercial effect because that's when infomercials tend to be on, when there's not much else out there right. to compete. Um, other folks on my team are like, oh, we see this same exact chart and we're thinking, oh, I want to post at these peak times when there's lots of people online, lots of people sharing. Huh. So. I, I think I probably didn't share any advice just there because I shared both sides, but um, I found non-peak to work really well. Others have found peak to work well. Um, might be something else to consider in terms of where you can get the most engagement. Yeah, and you're right about work. We found that there, you know, there are certain times and and that you can start to think about, especially depending on who you are. You know, restaurants that would that would make a difference. So we tell a lot of people that if you think about work, people are checking their Facebook. You know, if you think about the average person, that's the first thing that they're going to do when they wake up. Um, obviously, they're going to then go to work, um, and so podcasts are really good to um, promote before that because then people listen to podcasts on their way to work. Um, but then right before lunch, people get a little bit like, okay, I'm done working. I'm going to go check my Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff too. And then yeah. they get back and, and, you know, they work a little bit more. And then around four o'clock when they're getting ready to go home, they, you know, are trying to waste time so that they can go home. So we found that those are pretty good times. And we also found that after dinner, especially for Twitter um, and Instagram after dinner, seven, eight o'clock, um, when people are sitting on their couches, uh, watching TV is, is a really hot time because that's when people are going through their Instagram feeds and it's, I don't know, sort of the end of the day thing. Yeah, that's awesome. A, cu a couple of thoughts came to mind. We have heard of this principle called the burrito principle. <laughs> All um, right. Basically post when someone might be eating a burrito. So like 
on the commute home or, you know, for lunch, um, after dinner, stuff like that. Um, and the other thought too, and this is interesting just to note from like our buffer data, our heaviest times for buffer posts are on the hour. Um, really? And what we found and what we've, we tried for ourselves is to post maybe one or two minutes after the hour. Okay. That makes um, sense. Which also, I mean, on the hour or one or two minutes is the same idea, but that's kind of when meetings tend to end. And so, or, or meetings start and like today they start a couple minutes late. People are, you know, thumbing around on their phones right. for, for stuff or it just ended and then they're checking to see what happened when they were in there. Um, so those are a couple other. Yeah. I didn't even think about meetings. That's a really good point. Yeah. We talk a lot about video here at Michigan Creative. We're producing a ton of video. And I think this year more than ever, video has been around obviously for a long time. But if you look at something like Twitter or Instagram, video for them is relatively new um, to be able to upload video to Twitter and upload video to Instagram. I mean, that's just within the last year. What role and are you guys talking about Buffer? And one of the things I like about Buffer is, unlike a lot of them, is that you can you know, put your video on buffer and it will actually autoplay in Twitter, but have conversations come up about video and how much more that's being used even this year over last year. Yeah, that's a great one. We, we haven't dug into the numbers on like how much people are in buffer are using videos and things. Um, but it, that's a cool idea to dig into. I think for us personally, we have kind of noticed the same trend for video and we're hoping to validate it as a, a channel that's good for us. Um, I think, you know, with, with Facebook and Twitter and all these networks make it so interactive and engaging anymore. Like you're scrolling through your feed and if you happen to pause, that video starts to play and, yeah, almost every and you're other hooked. Post, <laughs> yeah, almost every other post on Facebook now, at least on my news feed, seems to be a video of some sort. Exactly. It's huge. It's huge. So we've, we've seen some good results. We did a, an email course um, last year and added videos to each day's lesson and got wonderful feedback from it. So it's almost, you know, back to that content conversation where we might end up using video to teach people yeah. things yep. um, and solve those problems. So that's, that's kind of where we're looking at video. Um, but overall, like, yeah, I think it's, it's huge potential. And a lot of even the, the micro videos, the six second videos, right. and the really short ones tend to be maybe like the, the next wave or the future is kind of how, how we might be seeing it. Yeah, and we look down the road too, and and we're a you know a pro professional production house here, and we do you know commercial video, and we also do pretty high end um, corporate video too. But we also start to see the writing on the wall that you know they're not not everybody always needs a super high professional high end professional video, but they don't know how to use it, or they don't have the right equipment, or they don't know how to edit, and so we're really trying to work on a way for our company to be able to help people do that. Because I just I, I really think that you know we had our second client uh, this week ask us about doing video blogs um, for them or helping them do that. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I've been in the video world for 20 years and, and here it's 2016 and people are just starting to really think about it, at least around here. So, yeah. And, it, and it's interesting. We talked about Pablo. I think one future iteration that we yeah, might explore too. Um, yeah. Is, is an easy way to make video and then an, an easy way to make video look good in these different places. Like I'm thinking Snapchat is more of the portrait size and sure. Other networks might be horizontal and there's there's square and like all these different sizes too. And I don't know, just making those look good in all, all places could be a, a next big thing also. Yeah. And it's just like images like, you know, Pablo can make them look really good. They don't have to be this long thought out process, but you know, you want them to look good. And that's the same thing with video is just by teaching people and giving somebody the tools to be able to say, all right, hold your camera this way, get an external mic, you know, maybe use a tripod and you're really, you know, your video improves tenfold. You know, you become, you know, a halfway professional videographer <laughs> versus versus birthday mom and dad and you know birthday mom and dad you know grab the video camera and just leave it running <laughs> <laughs> i love it unless yeah. that's your brand you can do that <laughs> yeah unless that's your brand like what you're going for <laughs> but you know you look at somebody like gary vaynerchuk and and he started with just you know setting a crappy camera a little tiny digital camera in front of a white yucky wall and started doing videos just talking straight into the camera and look where he is today yeah exactly and I, i've heard i heard someone saw him make a snapchat story and the thought and the planning that went into that like it's amazing how much detail goes yeah. into some of these videos now too yeah hi everybody brian here real quick 
This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites, digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So give us 10 years for Buffer, or 10 years for Buffer and social media. I mean, 10 years is a lifetime in social media and technology, but we talk about that a lot here at Michigan Creative. We try to have our clients do the same thing. You know, what are we going to be doing in 2026? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, will you still have your flip? Will you still have your little keyboard <laughs> phone? And that's the big question. I probably will. Unless, <laughs> as long as the services support it. <laughs> yeah, right. That might be the issue, right? Um, when I when I interviewed at Buffer, I asked our our founder Joel um, what the two year like or two year or five year plan was for Buffer, and uh, good question. And he said that there wasn't one because <laughs> um, Buffer's a startup, so like things happen really fast. And then Buffer's in social media, where things happen really fast. And like thinking ahead even five years was um, not not really something on on his radar at the moment. <laughs> so sure. uh, whatever I say here, I don't anticipate at all it will be true um, in in ten years, but. Um, yeah, I think I think one thing we're excited to explore maybe from the marketing side is making a more personalized experience for the people who visit our site. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mostly for the people who visit our blog too. Like we want someone who has been to the blog before to feel like we're welcoming them back home when they return and not to get the same experience that they got when they came for the first time. Right. So in 10 years I'd love for us to have some sort of super advanced algorithm where we're able to you know, individually message people who, who arrive there and have these wonderful relationships with the people who now are just like a, um, you know, a binary in Google analytics somewhere. I think that might happen sooner than that. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. probably not thinking big enough. On that. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's hard to say, but you yeah. know, you you look back and see where Facebook was just, you know, when I was taking, I, I mean, I was working, but I was in my master's class and the only reason I was able to get in Facebook was because I had an EDU email yeah. at the time. Yeah. And you, you know, when was that 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah, exactly. And you look when at, I was at school too. Yep. Yep. And you look at where, where it is today. Yeah. Well, I went to school for journalism and had no idea, like Twitter and Facebook did not exist at the right, time. Right. So like, I could not have ever anticipated a job like this when I was in college, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. And it just, you hear stories like how YouTube started and it was just a little startup, couple ideas, a couple guys had a couple ideas about this video sharing thing that they wanted to try out mm-hmm. for a dating site or something like that. And it didn't work. And then they're like, well, what if we just let everybody upload whatever? And that's it. <laughs> that, that's that's youtube it seems so simple oh my god it's crazy man <laughs> like of course <laughs> what do you what do you do personally we talk on the business machine we talk about keeping ourselves healthy and and as a ceo i think we have to be on our game and i think we have to you know in a fast-paced world and, and for a large company that you work for who's doing really great things and working out of your home how do you keep yourself motivated and how do you make sure that you're running like a fine tuned machine, both for buffer and for yourself and also for your family? Yeah, I love that question. Um, it's been, it's been a great experience to start a buffer, which is a really, um, unique startup. Um, also to start a family around the same time. Um, I feel like my former life <laughs> does not look much like my current life in terms of the time, the things that I do with, with my free time or even the amount of free time, um, which is great. And I, I wouldn't trade this for the world. I think I have learned to give myself a lot more grace with the things that mm-hmm. I used to maybe get to. Like, um, I have weights in my, in my garage that I haven't touched for maybe a couple months. And, That's okay though. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. Like, I will get to them in a few years if, if not <laughs> Good. in a few weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. They'll always be there. So that's been helpful just to have that perspective. Um, Buffer's also really great about um, allowing its employees to um, work smarter, not harder, and to kind of 
listen to what their bodies and minds and everything need. And so it's, you know, it's not about working 12 hour days because there's so much to do. It's more about working, um, as much as, as you feel good about and, and as much as you feel productive with. And I think for me, it's been useful to have that perspective so that I'm able to take time to pursue side projects and to just relax and veg out for a few hours, um, every so often and, or every night if, if, if needed. Sure. Um, that time, like it feels super selfish to take and feels almost like you're wasting time. Yeah. You're doing that. But, um, I've, I've tied that to my own personal energy and personal happiness. And once I made those connections, it, it definitely feels worthwhile. Yeah. And I'm getting better at that. I'm getting better at that. And I, I think exercise and diet has been really huge for me. Um, but you know, somebody said to me that you're never going to get it all done. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're never going to get caught up and you're never going to get it all done. And you're always going to be trying to do that next best thing. And this was a company, you know, 120 person company, you know, half $50 million company, super successful, started as a family startup. Now it's huge. And I was just telling him about how hard it is to run a small business. And here we're worried about cash flow sometimes and this, and he's like, you know what? We are too. And I'm like, no, you're not. He's like, oh man, yeah, we are. He's like, it's just a little, there's another zero at the end of the cash flow, And what we're always trying to do things that are different. We've been in business for, I think it was 40 years. And, and, uh, he says, it's never going to change. And you just have to realize that you're not going to get it done and you can do what you can do and do your very best every day. And that's about all you can do. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I know. And it made me feel good too, because here I thought, you know, just, oh man, this is easy for these guys. But yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, it's always going to be hard. And it's just a matter of, is it hard in your head or is it really hard? Yeah, exactly. And I think I've, I've been getting better at prioritizing things. Um, at the start of the year, I'll make a list of, you know, 10 or 20 things that I want to get done during the year. And as the year goes on, I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to have time for this or that or the other thing, but I, I do want this thing to happen. And yeah. Being okay with that and letting some of that go um, is really, really great. And I think as a parent, it's funny what you said about uh, free time that you had. Cause I remember before Cora, who's now almost two, you know, we had the boys um, who are 15 and 10 and, you know, they were pretty much self-sufficient before Cora was born. And, you know, I remember not having any, any time then, and, and now, now it's like, what do we do with all our free time? You know, it's always greener on the other side. You know, it's like, what was I complaining about then? You know, now we're all super busy. So I think it's all just perspective. You're right. Absolutely. Yep. What is your favorite quote? I was a former high school teacher and I was the cheesy one that passed out quotes cause I like them. But what is your favorite quote? Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> um, I've really liked the, this quote lately. It's from Anne Lamott. Um, it says, um, Oh, I'm going to forget it. Let me go to my Twitter and pull it up real fast. Must not be. I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you give freely, there will always be more. Um, and the context for that one, I was, it's, it's from her book, Bird by Bird, which is a writing book. And I pulled that out of there. It's talking about writer's block, strangely enough. So mm-hmm. the idea is that, you know, it's, you don't hoard ideas and, you know, when you have something, let it go and don't, don't be afraid that you'll, run out and that you'll have writer's block or you'll never have an idea again. Um, if you give that stuff freely, there will always be more. And I think it ties in to some buffer stuff too, just with how transparent we are with different things and kind of how I want to live my life too, as, as a life of generosity. Um, so that quote has meant, meant a lot to me over the past few months. Yeah. And I've heard that in similar forms, um, in, in talking about, like when somebody you're trying to get with, you know, you're trying to meet somebody, you're trying to get on somebody's podcast, you're trying to get this next new client, or you're trying to introduce yourself to this person because you know they can connect you to this person. And, and rather than, you know, just asking and, and, and talking about yourself and why it would be good for him to, to do that for you is kind of flipping the switch a little bit and finding out what you can do for them. Mm-hmm. And, and giving back and giving your time. And although it does take longer, I think it's more genuine. And I think then they become, I, I think you become more trustworthy at that point too. I think so too. Yeah. And I, we found that to be the case. Yeah. And I think being real transparent about what you're doing is very smart because uh, I think, you know, we all, we, we don't really know what's out there. And I think we've done the same thing. And one of the things that over the last couple of years, as we've started to grow, that's been really easy and, and helpful for us is 
we've been able to say to say no, which was tough. And, and we've also been able to say, Hey, we're not a good fit for you guys. You'd probably be better served with this company. Um, and that boy is, is, you know, you see the look on the client, potential client's face and they're like, Oh wow. I didn't expect you were going to say that, <laughs> but it's the truth. It's it the truth. Saved you a lot of trouble and, and, got them the results they wanted yeah it's, yeah and they'll come back i mean I, I imagine that they'll once they get to the point where they need something that we can actually provide i, I guarantee you they'll probably give us a call yeah and we do the same thing to a much smaller degree i don't mean to, to steal any thunder from you all no, that, that no, great no. Story, this but, is your podcast <laughs> um like when we mention um, social media tools in a blog post um you know of course buffer is a social media tool and we want people to use buffer. Um, but we also will mention Hootsuite or Sprout social and some of the others out there. Mm -hmm. Um, just to let people know, like buffer's not right for everyone. Um, Hootsuite's not right for everyone. Sprout's not right for everyone, but, um, so there's no reason for us to hide from that and to, to force buffer onto people if, if, if we don't need to. Yeah. What, what are you excited about? Anything that you can, I mean, you can't share any industry secrets about what's coming with buffer. I know that cause yeah. Um, but what, is there anything you're excited about in buffers or something that you can talk about that we should be looking forward to? Yeah, sure. We're, um, we're redesigning the blog. So I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, that should be done in a couple of weeks. Um, we're working on some work on reports within buffer. Cool. So you can, you know, download a, a PDF report with your logo on it. And yeah, that'd be sweet. All this fancy stuff yeah. um, in a few different ways. Um, we're building a product that's, um, well, we have a, pro a transparent product roadmap, so um, there's I can I can send the link over to you later. It's on Trello, but it's basically everything we want to work on and everything that we're currently working on, and um, it's all out there. So I, I don't think I, I'm sharing anything that you couldn't find elsewhere, but we right. do have a, co a content library, which we mentioned earlier, uh -huh. where you can find your best posts and schedule them um, on and on as often as you want in the future. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Trello. That's uh, interesting. I love Trello. We use both Trello and Slack. Uh, they're really great tools to keep yourself, especially for you guys, I imagine, since you're remote. Yes. We're big Trello and big Slack. Users, yeah. Because sure. then it cuts down on your email back and forth, I imagine. Yeah. And we do transparent email. So um, every email that we send, um, we copy a, a list that everyone is on. Wow. Um, and we're 80 people now. So without Slack, we use a, a forum tool called Discourse for a lot of internal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, without some of those tools, we'd be, uh, <laughs> we'd have some pretty full inboxes. Yeah. Gotcha. Than they are now. Good. Slack and, and Trello. If you guys haven't used those out there, you should definitely check those out. So Kevin, give us a book. It could be a business book. It can be your favorite book. We could do both. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think a business book that I love is, uh, Seth Godin's poke the box. Mm-hmm. I think anything he writes is great. Um, right box for whatever reason has stuck with me. And, um, a lot of the lessons from that one is just about shipping things. So getting stuff out there and, um, you know, it's, it doesn't count until it's shipped in a lot right. of ways, which is useful for, for content and, and marketing and, and seeing those results. Um, yeah. And then a couple others that stand out, maybe not from the non-business side. Um, they've left a big impression on me is this book called the divine conspiracy by Dallas Willard. And this other book called Being Mortal by, I'm not going to say his name right, Atul Gawande. Um, Being Mortal and, and Divine Conspiracy a bit are, are both about like our own mortality and, and just kind of what we all experience as we age and, and go through life. Hmm. And having people write about those things in such a clear way is, is something that just had a good impact on me and something I, I was grateful to have a chance to, to listen and learn. Yeah, I'll have to check those out because as you get older, you start to think about your mortality a lot more. <laughs> I mean, I'm only 43. I'm not dying yet, but yeah, you start to think about those kind of things. <laughs> I don't know. I started thinking about it when kids came. So Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, it's a natural thing to think about. And, you know, just over the last two months, I started to get healthy and I was terrible before. But, you know, it was that reason. It's like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to have a heart attack at 55. You know, that's only 10 years away. Or... Yeah, exactly. Um, I read a book called The End of Illness by David Agus. Huh. And um, it was amazing. It was, I'm a little afraid of dying. So I read it. Yeah. It would have like this fountain of youth secret and that's oh, some good stuff. I don't know. If it's I, man, youth, I hope you, it, yeah, I'll I hope you it. find that. that let, let us know. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I read this other book too, and I can't remember the name. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's about sort of how we've been trained to eat. And it used to be count your calories, low fat. And now they're really 
trying to switch that a little bit. It's good fats, less calories, yeah. or the same amount of calories doesn't really matter. Don't count anything. It's just these carbs and this crap that we eat right now is really the the a big issue, um, obviously. So that was a big eye opener for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I would love to check that out. Yeah, I'll have to put it in there. So last question, it's a doozy. But um, what do you think? And here we are, perfect segue to this because we're talking about dying here. So <laughs> very, very positive usually on the podcast, Kevin. Thank <laughs> I you. I bet that goes over well. Jeez, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all depressed now. I don't even know if I can finish. But what do you, what do you think? Or have you even thought about this? I guess we all have at some point. But what do you think or what do you hope your legacy is? Yeah, I I've given it some thought maybe again, when kids come along that, that pops into my head. Um, I would love nothing more than to be known as a good father and a good husband. Um, and you know, the rest is gravy beyond that. So sure. those, those are the things that I'm, I'm focused on. Yeah. It really changes your mindset when you have children. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like all the other aspirations that you might have really flip. Like, you know, I just want to make sure that they say, Hey, you know, down the road, he was a really good dad and he was a really good person and he was a really good husband. So yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about success, um, and legacy. And I think I'm not, I still have a lot to learn and a lot to think through there. Um, sure. But things like family, like having had a chance to experience that and being able to raise a son who feels like he's significant and belongs in our family, like giving him those gifts, um, is the greatest thing I feel like I could do at this point. So yeah, that's, that's exactly where my mind's at. Good. Well, that's a good place to have your mind be. <laughs> so Kevin, somebody's listening to this podcast right now and they're all teary eyed right now, of course, but, <laughs> which is a good time to hit them over the head with some sales. That's right. Uh, and they're really emotional, but maybe they don't know what buffer is. Maybe they're not sure if they can use it. Obviously they can go to the website. Mm-hmm. What's a good way for them to really play with buffer, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, that's a great one. So buffer.com um, is the, the site and we have a free plan. So if you want to do the free stuff, that's great. We also have a 30 day free business trial Cool. and um, that's going to give you every single feature we got, all the good stuff. So that would be my my preferred route if, if I were to start from scratch. Um, and then we have a, a plan in between the free and the business too, if you want something in the middle there. Cool. And we'll put uh, links to that in the show notes and as well on our website at michigancreative.com backslash buffer. We'll link you right to that free trial. And Kevin, thank you so much for reaching out to us. You're kind of a big deal. This is a, you're a big guest. Somebody from <laughs> Buffer. I mean, you're kind of one of the most famous persons on here right now. Oh, well, that's, that's very kind of you to say. This is huge for me too. I, Good. I don't do many podcasts at all and this has been fantastic. So thank you for the chance to, to participate here. And thanks for helping us out and Silas out. We really appreciate the willingness to help and be on here. It's unusual for a company of your size to be able to do that. So we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been great. Awesome. Well, Kevin Lee from Buffer, he's a content expert and marketer over at Buffer, working remotely from his home, and hopefully his child is sleeping and the couches are delivered. So (laughs) I really appreciate having him on the show today, and and hopefully you got a lot out from that. I'm telling you guys, um, we have been using Buffer way before I met Kevin, and we love it. Um, I use it on my phone. I use it on my laptops. My interns all log into it and post for us and our clients. It really saves us time and lets us schedule our time more effectively. So check out Buffer and thanks for joining us. Once again, guys, I'm Brian Town, the host of The Business Machine and CEO of Michigan Creative. Until next time, we'll see you later.